This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you listening in. we got one little problem today. Steve Ronaldo's at home with his feet up in the air and uh, coughing like crazy, so we wish him well. Hope he gets over uh, whatever he's got, uh, the little bug that he's got, and uh, is back with us maybe as early as next week. But we have a great show lined up today on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. We've got Mr. Bob Dare from... Pennsylvania. He, uh, he. Let's see. I guess he and uh, what is it? The uh, the groundhog. They they got out yeah. of there. Oh, Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, yeah. 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 Morning, Bob. Good morning. They, that uh, groundhog is from the other end of the state. Okay? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. We keep him at the back end of the <laughs> state. <laughs> he, he wasn't aware of the weather at uh, Boyertown Museum. <laughs> no. no, he. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't get a clear view from his location, you know. Yeah. So are you expecting four or five more weeks of winter? Well, I hope not. <laughs> uh, it's a couple of weeks late right now as far as coming to springtime, you know. Well, we, uh, I had... Uh I haven't even been able to get in my garden because it's been so wet. It's just then, well, you know, I need to rototill it and cool and so forth. But th- we're on the classic car show. We're not supposed Darn to be right. talking about and, gardens. And you could probably ice skate in your garden this morning. It's probably. It's 34 here in Atlanta. Yeah. Holy smoke. But anyway, uh, Bob, we're, we're delighted to have have you with us, and I, I want to publicly apologize for last week. Uh, I messed up, and I was... Uh, I think I still had the lag of the jet or something with me after getting back from Hawaii, and I just I just flat blew it. And I apologize to you and your staff. And uh, oh, that's we, no problem. We do appreciate you uh, coming on today. So um, we know where you are. Tell us something about uh, the location and and how did you all come to be in uh, Boyertown? Well, uh, <clears throat> Boyertown uh, is uh, in the heart of the Dutchland uh, here outside of uh, Philadelphia Valley Forge. We're about 40 miles uh, northwest of uh, Philadelphia. And um, uh, the, the museum, um, actually uh, the manufacturing company uh, called Swinehart uh, Carriage Shop uh, was building buggies in 1872. And um, the town sort of grew up around uh, the uh, carriage works, and uh, it uh, turned into, uh, from a carriage shop, it turned into a, um, a bodybuilding company where they would build bodies on uh, trucks and so forth, and uh, became, you know, quite an operation. Um, and uh, the owner uh, of the body company that built all these bodies, they built bodies for... Uh, regular commercial trucks like bread trucks and milk trucks and hmm. post office trucks and uh, but they so also they were a competitor uh, of Murphy is that right or Murphy was a competitor of theirs at some point well uh, in and in the area of Fleetwood oh, okay uh, yeah is just outside a little a little town of, um, of called Fleetwood uh, is about fifteen mile from Boyertown hmm. 
and uh, that was where they were building the Fleetwood bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, uh, another uh, Durham body is another 20 mile uh, south of uh, Boyertown, where they built uh, uh, custom car bodies. Uh, Fleetwood built uh, mostly uh, automobile. They built on, you know, Cadillac and Lincolns and Duesenbergs and uh, but the Boyertown Body Works, they really uh, specialized in the trucks. Uh, they would um, they would take a truck, uh, a, ch- a car chassis or a truck chassis, and you know build a custom body, whatever the customer wanted. If you know we've built, built uh, trucks that look like a milk bottle, like a loaf of bread, uh, you know whatever the customer wanted, they had the capability of building. Hmm. Uh, uh, I want to go back to when you said they were building carriage. Were there any famous carriage owners, uh, like the carriage that carried Lincoln or the carriage that uh, did this or did that? Well, we built a lot of fancy carriages, and but I don't really know that we can document. Uh, we have documentations of some of the carriages that we built and that had been given back to us. Uh, we had a, uh, a wagon given back to us uh, in 2003, I think it was, and we went back into our paperwork and we found that we had built it in 1916. Wait, wait a second, you keep saying we. You're not that old, are you? 1872? No, not quite that old, but I, uh, you know, uh, I've been around for a while, so. Um, the. Uh, the body, anyway, we looked up the, the uh, we had found the original bill of sale. Wow. Where we had sold it in 1916 and uh, charged $115 for it. Which that was, was a, a lot of money. of money. I guess in, in uh, 1916. And anyway, we have that on display, that carriage on display in our museum with, you know, showing the <laughs> when it was built and what we got for it and, and it was given back to us, you know, so. That's, that's neat. Um, the bodies that you're building today, because I still see Boyertown on tailgates of commercial trucks and utility yeah. trucks. Uh, are, are you building those for like General Motors or Ford or? Well, uh, the Boyertown Body Works actually uh, closed in '90. Wow. Well, and okay. they they're but, still and that's that's why you're still seeing them. Is right. We were noted for our quality. If you bought a Boyertown body. That body was going to last you 20, 30 years, and we have excellent examples of cars, uh, of bodies, truck bodies that Boyertown built, because we have a collection of, of those vehicles also that, uh, you know, they're, you know, built in the 30, well, in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, and, uh, you know, we have examples from uh, every era. Wow. Okay. Um, All right. That's actually what started the museum, uh, was that Paul Hafer, who owned the body works, uh, he was uh, so interested in saving the quality and the craftsmanship of the Berks County uh, people that were building these carriages. Uh, you know, they were just made a little better, uh, you know, a little fancier, uh, hand-carved work, uh, just just a really high-end, well-built vehicle. And so he tried to save all this uh, craftsmanship, and that's really how the museum got started. Wow. Okay. Now... You you mentioned the carriages that you and David talked about. What is the oldest truck or automobile that you have? Uh, is it back 1904 or a little later, or earlier? Uh, well, we have a 1900 uh, Duryea. 
Oh my God! No, don't uh, don't tell him, David. <laughs> um, David accuses me of starting a Durier in 1894 as their first field operations guy. <laughs> well, um, if you're familiar with Boyertown location, it's close to Redding, PA. Yes. Mm-hmm. And in Redding, there is a hill climb up to the top of the mountain, uh, and up at the top is a pagoda, and that's called Durier Drive. Right. And Charles Durier uh, built these Duriers in Redding, and he used that drive, that hill climb, to test all his vehicles. Wow! Yeah. And we have, uh, you know, we have a 1900 uh, Durier. We have, a, I think, an 03, an 04, an 06, an 09, uh, a 17, which was the last uh, Durier built. Uh, we probably have the, the most Duriers and uh, artifacts and so forth of any other museum uh, in our museum. Uh, but that's not our oldest vehicle. Uh, we have a car called the Hill Car, and that was built actually in Fleetwood by a young uh, gentleman in his teens. Uh, in uh, we feel that the uh, information where we got it, he was chased off the streets because he was scaring horses, and uh, it, it, it should date around 1886. Which oh, is uh, head of Duryea, head of yes. Ford, head of uh, yes. you know, um, yeah. everybody except in Europe. Um, and this and, was a, a gas driven. Uh, it was steam originally, steam. and then uh, in the early 1900s, he uh, changed it to gas, made his own gas motor, um, actually out of a steam. Okay. So it's a very early piece. Um, but we have carriages that you know there are from 1872 that were actually built in our carriage factory, and we still have the carriage factory. The original carriage factory still stands right on, right against our uh, museum. And this is the Jeremiah Swinehart yes. carriage. The wow. Jeremiah Swinehart carriage factory is, is the building is still standing there. We have a a working forge. Uh, they ha- originally had three forges. We only have one left. Uh, but it is a working forge where they uh, did all their own uh, casting of and bending of the steel to, to fasten the carriages together. You know, I, was this done, obviously there was no uh, AutoCAD or, or even even sophisticated drawing instruments. Was this, when they would do something, was this all by, uh, by eye and hoping by golly? Uh, yeah, it was all hand craftsmen, and, and I say that was the purpose of starting this museum uh, way back in. We're fifty years old this year. This is, we congratulations. The museum was open wow. in 65, 1965 is when the the uh, museum was op- first opened. That's a, how how large an area do you all cover with the with the carriage factory and the museum and so forth? Uh, well, the museum itself, the gallery, uh, besides the lobby and some of the meetings room, is about 20-some 20, 20 thousand square feet. Uh, and then plus the carriage shop's probably another uh, 100, 000, or 100 uh, square feet. Yeah, it's, carriage shop's about uh, 40 by 80, probably. Wow, I, this That's, is fascinating. Yes, yeah, and especially the fact that you still have the outbuildings. Uh, yes, I mean, and the building is, is in really in good shape. Uh, fortunately, you know, over the years, they kept a good roof on it, and uh, it just never deteriorated. Uh, it just, uh, it's great. It's got, you know, you walk into it, and, uh, <clears throat> and it's got that original wood floor, and uh, and you can just tell it's a, 
and we have photographs that document uh, the workers, uh, you know, in the in the carriage shop making iron tires and so forth. And uh, we have that machine that makes the iron rims uh, still there and still with an an iron tire in it, so people can see that you know what it really looked like. And that that, that is just incredible. Now. Are you on any historical uh, registry registry or anything? Yes, we are. We have a marker right in front of the door, uh, historical uh, historic site, and uh, Pennsylvania historic site. And it's because of the Swinehart Carriage Shop is you know because uh, that's why that sign is there. Good. Yeah, when Bob, I'm sure you you're in the carriage shop at times when 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 uh, visitors come in. Do they appreciate? What they're seeing, and 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 they have to be smelling too. Do they do they appreciate when they walk in the door what what the carriage shop is all about? Uh, yes, they really do. You know, it's amazing. Uh, so many people don't know about the Boyertown Museum, and when they come in, they're just blown away with the fact that we have all these uh, early 1900 cars that were made locally. And some of them are one only. We only, you know, there's only one made or one left. And then we take them up into the carriage shop, and they see the they see the original pictures of the of the workers in the carriage shop, and they can just look around and they can see that, that you know this is the same place, same building, and we're we just finished our belt driven machine shop, where we have about a 15 different kind of machines. Uh, early, early, early belt driven, all these big white, mm-hmm. you know, there are four or five inch white leather belts that drive these machines. And, uh, you know, you turn that on and the people see all this old time machinery run, uh, it just, they're just, uh, and they walk out the door and say, I had no idea that this place, you know, had all this stuff in there, you know, so. Bob, I got to interrupt you. We've got to take a, we're up against a hard break. We're going to be back with Bob Dare from Boyer Town Museum of Historic Vehicles right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Could an app be the answer to a better garden? Absolutely. It's the new free app, Homegrown with Bonnie Plants. Note, track, and photograph your garden's progress. Personalize your weather and reminders. Get variety info, grow guides, hands-free dictation, and more. The Homegrown with Bonnie Plants app. The sharpest tool in your garden. Download it free on the App Store. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. And we've got our uh, 
senior member here with us today, Mr. Jim Weber, and we've got Bob. I like that senior member. Yeah, that, I appreciate that. that. <laughs> or I could say old fart, but I, you know, that would that would embarrass me. Anyway, we've got Jim Weber here, and we're talking to Mr. Bob Dare from the Boyertown Museum in Pennsylvania, and I, I'm just, I'm I'm blown away. I. I I'd like to, uh, I wish I had the money to shut down and uh, head your way today and, and just take a look at it. Well, but I will. Incredible. We will. Yeah. Uh, well, great, because we're open every day except Monday. Every day except Monday. Well, Monday was the only day I could get off to come uh, up. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> open especially. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we're there Monday. We're, we're really there Monday, but it's just that that's when we hold our staff meetings and, uh, you know, get some uh, things done inside that maybe we don't want to do while public's in, you know. What what are the hours, Bob? Uh, and nine thirty to four. Tuesday through Sunday. Yes. Uh huh. Okay, and let me ask another question. We always ask about uh, if if you have a restoration shop, but it sounds like that's poss- probably uh, something that you don't have. But you have a lot. Uh, I I find a museum much more interesting, just like you were talking about. When people can walk in and see it, see something in action, and you were talking about the uh, old manufacturing, do, do you have other things that are like that in the museum? Well, in the museum itself, uh, uh, we don't have a restoration shop per se. We do have two other buildings that are, we have a storage building that actually used to be the, the museum building in the very beginning because our museum now is actually located in an old manufacturing facility. It's where it's actually the building where the uh, truck bodies were actually built. Uh, and so that's where, that's our location uh, of where the museum is. But I say we do have a, a storage uh, room or a storage uh, building, which we keep vehicles that we rotate or change occasionally. And we also have a, another a garage shop, which has uh, we, where we'll be working on, uh, we're just finishing that up, uh, where we'll be able to work on cars, and, and we have several cars that are uh, to need to be something done to them before we put them on exhibit. So uh, we do have a place, but that's not open to the public uh, right now. Okay. Um, out of curiosity, you have an annual car show, correct? Oh, yeah, Dury, it's called Durie Day. Oh, see, I, I just, I wish I'd been there. Uh, what yeah, is that's it? That's a great show. Uh, it's a it's a um, show. It's a it's fifth, this is its fiftieth year. Wow! And um, we're celebrating uh, the fiftieth on uh, Labor Day weekend. It's always the Saturday before Labor Day. And uh, last year we broke a record. We had like six hundred and twenty cars showed up, and uh, we have um, some car games where we have a teeter board where the car people can try to balance their car on a teeter board and <laughs> oh, uh, stuff for kids and it's it's in a beautiful yeah. park in Boyertown it's uh, heavily wooded with and fields and so forth so uh, the ones that want to park in the shade can and the ones that don't want to park in the shade can park out in the sun so it's uh, it's really been very successful well, so that's uh, that's the last weekend in August, basically. Uh, yes, it's it's always well. It depends on how Labor Day falls. Um, uh, in uh, September this year, uh, it will be um, uh, actually Durie Day will fall on uh, September the fifth. Wow! Okay. Because Labor Day's uh, the seventh of uh, September. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
uh, just little perspective. It sounds like your show's bigger than the show in McCungie. Oh no, no, no? McCungie is uh, uh, McCungie gets fifteen hundred cars or more. Yeah. Okay. See, I haven't been to McCungie in years, so. Oh well, okay. You, then it's it's grown since you've been there. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, McCungie's three day show, yep. and uh, they uh, they get about a thousand cars almost each day, uh, and uh, different types. You right. know, they uh, on uh, Saturday it's strictly AACA um, classes. Uh, on Friday it's a sort of bring whatever you want, and on Sunday it's it's uh, car marks. In other words, the Cadillac Club, the Auburn. Uh, Duesenberg Club or the uh, Packard Clubs. Uh, it's a club, sort of like a right. club market. Right, yeah, like it always has been. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah, it's always been that way. Yeah, Bob, wonderful. Uh, Bob, you mentioned that someone uh, had, had given you the carriage, I believe you said, uh, a few days ago or weeks ago or whatever. How, how do you get most of your vehicles? Are they, and, and do you own most of them, or do you all uh, uh, do the trade-out of, of with other museums? Um. No, most of our we own most of our vehicles. I'd say ninety-six percent of our vehicles in the museum. Uh, we have um, <clears throat> we have one or two cars on loan uh, because we don't have one. Uh, and I'll use the Durham body. We have a Durham bodied Lincoln, which is a beautiful car. Uh, we don't actually own a, uh, a link, uh, not a Lincoln, but we don't own a, a vehicle with a Durham body on it. Uh, Durham bodies were made in. Uh, Rinmar Villanova area, and uh, so we have one of those on loan. And there's been uh, maybe uh, three or four or five vehicles that have been donated to the museum. Uh, and uh, but most of the vehicles have been purchased by uh, the owner Paul Hafer uh, when before he uh, passed away, uh, and uh, he had he had uh, gathered and uh, collected this collection on his own, pretty much. Are, are you all looking for? For more vehicles? Or? Yes, we're always hunting for uh, Pennsylvania-built vehicles. In other words, the Boyertown Museum, uh, our mission is to uh, dis- uh, show uh, and uh, save and preserve cars or vehicles that were made in Pennsylvania. And that's what uh, all our vehicles in the museum have some attachment to a, a, a Pennsylvania um, you know, either been coach built or uh, was actually manufactured in Pennsylvania. That, that's incredible. Um, I, I remember when, in fact, uh, I think Algar is still in uh, the old Durham Body Building Company on the main yeah, line. Algar, uh, yeah, they, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess, Ferrari and, and uh, Porsche. Right, yeah. And uh, uh, I was very familiar with. Al Garthwaite and Bob Turney, who ran it uh, many uh-huh. years ago. Um, outside of the Algar building, if you go to Fleetwood, it, are the Fleetwood bodybuilding building still there? Yes, it is. It, uh, <clears throat> when you go through Fleetwood uh, and you go across the railroad tracks, if you look to the right-hand side, you'll see the big brick building, and it says, and it's still painted on the big brick, it says, uh, you know, Fleetwood Body Company. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, uh, Cadillac bought them, I think, in '29, and then uh, they moved them from Fleetwood to Detroit in, I think, '31 or something like that. Yeah, I think they became part of Fisher Body at that time, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. 
What else in uh, northeast Pennsylvania uh, can you remember or think of besides Fleetwood and Durham? Well, uh, was as Jud- far as the body makers, yeah, was uh, was Judkins there, or were they in upstate no, New York? No, uh, Fleetwood is, to my knowledge, uh, Fleetwood and Durham were basically only two car body manufacturers. There were uh, that uh, that I know of. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of small carriage body, uh, you know, carriage right. makers and so forth throughout the, and we do have a collection of those. Uh, different carriages from the different carriage manufacturers. Uh, speaking uh, of the carriages, do you all have an Amish relationship at all? No, not really. No. Because, uh, the reason I ask is... No, uh, Am- Amish or Mennonite, uh, there's no uh, uh, no real connection to the museum to that, no. Uh, the only reason I ask is, uh, I think it was Steve that was talking to us about getting some leather work done yes there's there's still yes in, there's such, in, in such Lancaster crafting. yeah, yeah. Uh, the diamond tufting of upholstery uh, from back in the uh, early teens I guess so, yeah. so to, in the carriage shop did you all do your own leather work oh yeah 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 we yeah. matter of fact we have a sewing machine or a you know a manual sewing machine and a and the uh, wooden trusses that hold the leather while you try to hand stitch it and Oh and my gosh! In, uh, uh, but uh, you're right about the the Amish and the Mennonites. Uh, matter of fact, we have a carriage uh, in the carriage shop right now. It's it's actually a mail wagon. It was the first mail wagon uh, used in Bechtelsville, which is about five miles away. Uh, that actually has been given to us not too long ago, and it needs a wheel. And we have a, a Mennonite uh, in uh, in Lancaster making a, a new wheel for it. So. Uh, and they so they still do that stuff uh, here in Lancaster and uh, in the Morgantown area. Uh, we still have craftsmen that do that kind of work. Uh, that that is just incredible because it is such a lost art. Now we've talked about carriages, we've talked about Boyertown bodies and and commercial vehicles. But do you have anything like a steam vehicle or an electric vehicle in your museum? Well, we used to have a Boss steam car, <laughs> but unfortunately that didn't really belong to us. It belonged to the uh, Historic Society of Reading, and uh, we had it for years in our museum, and uh, about two years ago they decided they'd like to have it at their uh, historic site, and so it, it, is the, it was called a Boss steam car. Okay. And so that is in Reading now, but um, so we don't actually have a steam car. We have, I, let me rephrase that, in our warehouse, we have uh, partials. Uh, we don't. Uh, we have a chassis and a motor and so forth of a steam car, but we don't have a body. It's not one with a body on it. So uh, that's the only piece of a steam engine that we have or steam car. You know, but we ma- do have a lot of electric vehicles. Oh, okay. Uh, Paul Hafer was an electric vehicle uh, enthusiast uh, in the '60s and, and '70s, and we actually, in the Body Works, we actually built electric vehicles. Hmm. Um, what what were they what were they called? They were called Batronic. Okay. It was the Batronic Truck Corporation. It was the division of the uh, Body Works. And but we have a Milburn uh, a Milburn Electric uh, vehicle. Oh. And we have uh, Detroit Electric, and we have uh, uh, Walker Trucks. We have uh, uh, we've got a, a half a dozen or more uh, electric vehicles in our museum and a special little area. Uh, because one of our missions, uh, part of our mission, is saying that we also uh, uh, present um, 
altered propulsion systems, which uh, lets us do uh, a steam or uh, we have a hydrogen car and we have uh, electric vehicles and so forth. So uh, that, that, That's amazing. Now, the Milburn was built in the teens, correct, as was the Detroit? Uh, well, our Milburn is a 21. 21, and yeah. the Detroit? Electric? Uh, it's 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 a great car. It runs good. We've had it yeah. to uh, some different concours and so forth. So, what uh, kind of battery battery power do you have with that electric car? Well, with that electric car, it's got it has a lead acid uh, golf cart batteries in it. That's okay. what uh, lead acid would have been its original manufacturer. How, how big a bank do you have to have for that? Uh, there's and there's a hood in the front and a hood in the back, and there's I think there's uh, eight batteries in the front and eight batteries in the back. And that will take you? Uh, that will take you about 40 miles. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, the Nissan Leaf today, if it's below zero, that's about as far as you go, too. Well, I guess the so. new Chevy and the new uh, Cadillac uh, electric vehicles, they'll go about uh, 35, 40 miles. Uh, but now when we were building the Batronic trucks... They would go 70 miles in range, mm-hmm. and that was in 1970 through the 70s, through uh, 71 through 81 or something like that, uh, was when we were building electric vehicles in the, uh, actually in the museum site. Bob, uh, they would go uh, 75 miles, and they'd do 60 miles an hour. Uh, when wow. This was a, in a van, sort of looked like something like a post office truck, right. you know, the smaller right. little yeah. box vans. Bob, we got to take another break. Uh, we'll be back with you in just a minute. And when we get back, what I'd like to do is start the, the third segment up uh, with you giving us a, a, an audio tour, if you don't mind. Oh, okay. And All right, uh, fine. we'll be back right after this. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show with Mr. Bob Dare from Boyertown Museum. Bob, this is a, is great. I, I tell you, there, you know, you have some interviews that 
yes, no, and maybe, and uh, you feel like you're pulling teeth, but uh, yeah, you've been a, a, a great person to interview, and we appreciate you uh, being on with us today. So, we before we left for break, we were talking about that you're going to give us an audio tour. I'm at the front door knocking, and you won't let me in. Well, it must have been on a Monday. Yeah, it was yeah. On, it's on a Monday, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, when you come in the front door, you'll walk down our hallway into the uh, lobby of the museum, and you're walking on a, a rug that looks like a highway, uh, white lines on the edges and a double yellow line down the center. Yeah, and in Northern Pennsylvania, you got a lot of potholes in it, too, right? Well, we do have our share of potholes, yes. Okay. But there's none on the way into the museum. Good. Okay, good. Uh, when you go into the museum, we have a, a lobby area where you go in and you can pay a mission. And uh, we have, uh, right now, we have uh, three vehicles in the lobby. Uh, one is a Masano uh, one off uh, custom uh, sports car actually built on a um, uh, Henry J chassis. Uh, it's all one uh, fiberglass thing. It uh, was. A, it's a one-off car. We have a uh, American LaFrance Speedster uh, called the Rhino. Uh, beautiful custom vehicle, and we also have a Bradley car built by a Fleetwood body um, uh, employee. Um, and uh, we have a little gift shop, and then we do have a, a, a orientation room, uh, and which we can use for uh, events like. Uh, uh, wedding receptions or uh, bridal showers or business meetings. I think BMW has a uh, their one of their uh, meetings here, uh, uh, their motorcycle group uh, every year. Uh, so we have some meeting rooms. And but then if you go out into the gallery, you go open the doors and go through into the gallery. Uh, you see right to the left we have a uh, a little bike shop, and it's some are very early bicycles, eighteen and nineteen hundred. We have a uh, Acme bicycle, which was built in 1898, and then as you go through the the uh, further into the museum, you'll see that we also have an Acme car. But as you go uh, in the museum right now, you'll see the uh, three vehicles that have the uh, Fleetwood, two Fleetwood bodies, a LaSalle with a Fleetwood, a, a Packard uh, with a Fleetwood body, and a Durham uh, body, the Lincoln. Uh, then you would walk around the corner and see some high-wheel bicycles, and we have some uh, Ace uh, motorcycles and Reading Standard motorcycles, uh, some with one with a sidecar. Uh, the Ace uh, motorcycle had set a speed record in uh, 1921 uh, uh, at 106 uh, with a sidecar. Uh, we have high-wheel bikes. Then we go into the Duriers. Uh, and we have, I said uh, before, we have uh, uh, six or eight different Duriers. Uh, we also then have some carriages uh, down another row where we have our doctor's buggy that actually was built in the carriage shop, uh, 1872 carriage, doctor carriage, and it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it shows its age, but it's still in excellent condition. Uh, we have one of the original Boyertown stages. We have a Conestoga wagon, uh, some cold dump bodies uh, and carriages. Um, we uh, also have... Uh, uh, Model T with our, one of the first Boyertown bodies, like a little wooden box built on the back of a, a Model T. And then we go into the, we have a 28 Chevy with a Fryhofer's bread uh, body on the back. Uh, and it goes up uh, every year uh, right up through uh, a 50s uh, post office truck. A, uh, during the war, we were big in the, in the Army support. We, have a, we made marine ambulances, uh, big 
um, field ambulances that they could go out in the field four-wheel drive things. We have one of those on display. Uh, we have uh, newer trucks up into the 60s where we built uh, Mr. Softy trucks, the ice cream trucks. We have one of those on display. Uh, then you go around the side and where you come to the Acme car, which is made in Reading. Uh, we have a dial made in Reading, a, uh, a middle B made in Reading. Uh, we have an SGV, which is actually a predecessor after the Acme car. Uh, they were bought out by, uh, by uh, Graham, uh, Steinberg, Graham, and Van Tyne, which is an SGV. And I'll just say a quick word about the SGV. We just purchased an SGV. That's probably the only one left in the world, and it's a 1913 with a Vulcan electric push-button transmission on the steering wheel. There's six buttons on the steering wheel, right? Well, one of the shafts of the steering wheel, spokes of the steering wheel. Wow. And it's an electric shift. Wow. Uh, how, yeah. how did they figure that out? <laughs> well, it's, it's well-documented. I mean, uh, if you Google Vulcan transmission... Uh, they also use them, uh, if you are an AACA, uh, uh, our new president of AACA uh, region, or actually of the, uh, the club, uh, the AACA National Club, is Don Barlip, and he has a uh, Pullman car made in York, Pennsylvania, and it also has that same uh, Vulcan transmission. How far but, ahead of the t- their time were they with well, that? Well, Chrysler had it in, what, 56 or 7 when they had the well, push yeah, button? Yeah, Chrysler came out with push buttons in, like, 55, 56, and everybody thought that was a miracle. And, and actually, uh, well, remember Cords? Yes. Cords had a little lever on the dash where yeah. you actually shifted it. Uh, there was a uh, small lever uh, right. in the cord, front-wheel drive cords that you did it, uh, you shifted with a small, sh- right. you didn't actually manually shift the gears. Yeah, and the uh, French the French had it in a Cotel, C-O-T-A-L yeah. box back mm-hmm. in the 30s. Wow. Well, going through the museum continually, then we say we have uh, we have Daniels, which uh, were made in Reading, um, and then we have a we have a Chrysler uh, a Woody, a town and country Woody, mm-hmm. and you say, well, now that you know that was built in Detroit, and yes, it was, but in 1938, uh, Chrysler wrote Paul Hafer a letter and asked him to design a couple station wagons. And so he did design three wagons, and he named them all, and one of the names was uh, Town and Country. Hmm. So Chrysler gives him uh, full credit for naming the Town and Country vehicle for Chrysler, and that's why that vehicle is in the museum. I said, every vehicle has some touch of coming from Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, and then we have cars built in Philadelphia. We have, if you're familiar, you said about Algard. Uh, in Ardmore, the autocar was built. Right, right, And yes. we have an autocar truck, a beautiful autocar truck. Okay. And we have a, uh, a Biddle, two Biddle cars were made in Philadelphia. A Dragon was made in Philadelphia. It's the only one known. Um, and I say then uh, we have other, other vehicles. We have all the electric vehicles. And then we have a trolley. Um, we built uh, in the Boyertown body. We built trolleys for the uh, Philadelphia Centennial. We built fifteen of those. Uh, uh, they're gas-driven trolleys. They look like the old electric trolleys. You know, that's what right. they look like, but they're actually gas-driven. Uh, then we go into some of our roadside um, uh, displays, where we have a 1921 uh, Sunoco. Actually, it's Sun Oil. It's called uh, mm-hmm. Sunoco gas station with two visible pumps out front and. Uh, with a hose from the pump going into the under the seat of a Model T to try to educate people that <laughs> hey that you were sitting on the gas tank remember <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> and 
then we also have a um, a diner, a 19-stool diner that came out of Reading. Um, it was a very famous local diner that um, it was actually called the Fegley's Diner, and it was put there in 1938. And uh, it was uh, in 50s. It was cocooned. They, they built they built uh, dining rooms and kitchens all around it, and just enclosed it. So it it is perfect. Anyway, it was in 03, I think they brought it out of there, lifted it out with a crane and brought it to the museum. And it's, oh, it's gorgeous. It's just beautiful. The ceramic floor and everything is still all original. And the, um, Wow. And anyway, so we have what we call Diner Day. And we'll, if you come, we'll sell you a cup of coffee for a nickel and a piece of pie for a quarter. That's coming up. Uh, April the 11th uh, wow. is our diner. Wow. Diner Day. So that's that's fabulous. Uh, do you know who built the diner body? Because some um, yeah, Mahoney, I think, Mahoney? in Jersey. Okay, all right. Yeah, it looks you know it looks like a railroad car. Yeah, you know that design. Yeah, um, because uh, I think Judkins went into the diner business. Oh, they may have. Yeah, yeah. and uh, there's I mean there's a whole group of enthusiasts that do nothing but go around and visit diners. And, um, uh, it's amazing how many people. I know we advertised we were, were having a, a, this diner day, and we did it in November. We don't want to do it too often, but we did it in November, and we had three hundred people come in. You know, paid a mission to be able to buy a five cent cup of coffee and sit in the diner <laughs> and drink it. You know, uh, that, you know in Pennsylvania. It, I won't say it's full of diners, but there's a lot of diners in Pennsylvania. Yes, there are. Yeah, and uh, uh, in, uh, there was a company that built them in uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, and uh, there's a couple of them still operating in Vermont, and they're they're very old, and and I'm I'm sure they're built out of wood. They're not built out of the uh, oh stainless. yeah, they're, they're well. They're wood. They're wood uh, construction with uh, steel uh, uh, out, outer panels. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that. Oh, okay. Keep going. You've got me excited. I want to get in the car. <laughs> well, except uh, I can't right now. <laughs> uh, the uh, just a word about the diner. You know, it's so uh, interesting uh, because some of the local people that lived in Reading that, that was a famous eating place. In other words, if you lived in or went by Reading, you always stopped at Fegley's Diner. Uh, because uh, in the later years, when they had the, uh, all the dining rooms built around the outside of it, it was a great place to eat. So people would come in, you know, and they would say, oh, yeah, we always tried to get this booth by the door, and, <laughs> or I sat on that stool. That was, I used to hang out here. That was my stool. And, and the, the place would be packed, uh, I mean, uh, in, in their, our diner day. Uh, every stool was filled and every booth was filled and people standing out front of the, of the door waiting for them to get done eating so they could get in to have their coffee in their quarter uh, pot, piece of pie, you know, so. Are, are, Bob, are you a native of that area? Yes, I'm, uh, I'm from Royersford, uh, born and raised here, uh, always been in this area, yeah. Neat, neat. Uh, we're going to have to take another one of our quick breaks. I think okay. this is a good time to stop, and uh, we'll be back with Bob Dare and the Boyertown Museum of Historic Vehicles. We've still got a lot of questions to answer. We'll okay. be back <laughs> right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance, I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Could an app be the answer to a better garden? Absolutely. It's the new free app, Homegrown with Bonnie Plants. Note, track, and photograph your garden's progress. Personalize your weather and reminders. Get variety info, grow guides, hands-free dictation, and more. The Homegrown with Bonnie Plants app. The sharpest tool in your garden. Download it free on the App Store. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with the man on America's Web Radio, and we've got Bob Dare from the Boyertown Museum of Historic Vehicles. Bob, would you would this be a fair analogy? I never knew that that Pennsylvania, and particularly your area, was that big a player in the industry. Um, but it would you were a player, or you all were players, sort of from the from the chassis up uh, you'd, you'd take the chassis and do something with them you wouldn't you, you all really didn't manufacture any quote unquote vehicles per se but you you always dealt with the chassis is that a fair uh, in the later years yes in the early years we probably produced as many uh, cars you know in the early 1900s uh, you know I just named a, a bunch of the cars that were built in Reading because of our iron ore and our steel uh, industry here in Pennsylvania, uh, mm. you know, we had the steel and the material to make cars, and they made a lot of them in the early years. But then after, say, into the 30s or into the 20s and 30s, uh, the manufacturing sort of went to Detroit. So, But then we, were, we would get a chassis and we would put a custom body on it. Uh, so we pretty much stayed in the body, just the body alone building Although when we built our Vetronic trucks, we built that vehicle totally from ground up. We made our own frame rails. Uh, we bought axles from Dana and uh, brakes from Bendix and so forth. And, and, you know, we actually manufactured those complete vehicles from scratch, designed and built them, you know. Where are, where are we on the tour? Are you about to kick me out of the museum? Oh, no, no, no. There's plenty oh. to see. We have, <laughs> we have um, some early uh, fire equipment, in other words... Uh, uh, you know, hand pumpers were eight-man pumpers and so forth. Uh, uh, when they, uh, we have uh, machines, uh, carriages, and, and vehicles like that. I'd say we had a Conestoga wagon, and we have early carriages that were commercial, like a coal dump body. Uh, you know, uh, that would raise up and dump the coal in a, on off a wagon. And and of course, then we got to talk about the carriage shop. We're going to take you up into the carriage shop and go through that entire carriage shop. Uh, uh, and then I say we. I didn't really talk about the electric vehicles too much, except that we have uh, so many different varieties. We have some that were actually used over in Jersey at the Thomas and Edison area, uh, pulled actually a big electric truck that pulled railroad cars. Uh, 
Uh, we have uh, electric buses. We have uh, uh, vehicles that are built in Philadelphia that hold the paper for the Saturday Evening Post and, uh, and actually was used. That vehicle was actually used into uh, 1962. Electric vehicles still being used in wow. Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, uh, and, so, and then there's, uh, you know, there's other, uh, we have some meeting rooms, and we do have an area in front of the diner and in front of the gas station um, that we move vehicles in and out. Um, we have a, a, a Model T wrecker sitting alongside of the gas station, but uh, in that area we set up tables and we'll have uh, uh, banquets for people and meetings and, and uh, parties or whatever. Uh, and uh, so... That's uh, that's a sort of our uh, in you know right in the gallery uh, area where you can actually come and have an event of your own. Uh, now, how many docents do you have that take people around? Because it sounds like you've got quite an operation there. And uh, well, we have about uh, we have about six uh, docents that uh, our volunteers uh, come in. We have uh, seven employees uh, that are there every day making sure that the doors open and the lights stay on and uh, and a curator Ken Cook is our curator and uh, I say we're always you know looking to uh, improve our collection uh, and uh, we're looking for Pennsylvania because we don't have all the Pennsylvania vehicles there are several out there that we don't have what are you missing well we're missing a Pullman uh, from York uh, we're missing a Bell from York um, there's a Hanover car that we uh, know of, um, and uh, we don't have that. Uh, you know, there were there were we on our wall. We have a, a plaque, uh, a list. Uh, as you come into the museum, it shows twenty six hundred different manufacturers in the early years, and uh, we have some of them marked that were made in Pennsylvania. There was over two hundred probably manufacturers in Pennsylvania in the very over the you know the first. Uh, 1900s till the 20s. Uh, after, after that, most of the manufacturers went to Detroit. So, right. Okay. But, that's just that's absolutely amazing. Now, all I one thing on every tailgate of every Boyer-bodied commercial vehicle, it was stamped Boyer in the tailgate. Boyer Town. Yeah. Or Boyer Town. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you still have the tooling for that? Um. No, now let me explain Boyertown, uh, there's two different kind of Boyertown trucks, okay? Okay. The the trucks that would go on a pickup truck, uh, like for the uh, maybe electrician or a plumber, or right. uh, those bodies, they were actually, they were, uh, that was a different Boyertown company that stamped that. I mean, they, they only made the little trucks. Okay. They just made the plumber truck or the... Uh, or the electrician truck that had that, uh, like a pickup tailgate on it. Right. And they stamped that Boyertown. Uh, the Boyertown truck bodies, a custom body, what we call the walk-in truck bodies. Right. Where the, like a UPS truck. Yeah, like a Divco body. Truck. Like a Divco body or a, or a UPS truck is the best, uh, FedEx, FedEx, or if you see those trucks, that's the kind of trucks. But we had what we called a inverted T, which was an upside down T. That had Boyer Town body built or written, stamped into the thing, but it was only about uh, uh, maybe uh, 14 inches wide and uh, 10 inches high, okay. and that would go on every body. Some were 
put on the back of the truck, some were put in the front of the hood. Um, but that inverted T was the Boyertown Body Works uh, uh, insignia. Okay. Did, did you all get into the uh, reefer business any at all? Um, no, not really. Uh, we did. We built uh, like Mr. Salty trucks, and we did make some refrigerator trucks. One of our key things that we did, and I really didn't talk about that, was uh, we, we built a lot of Army vehicles. Uh, we built an expansible van. Was it was this one and two or? Uh, what do you mean one and two? Uh, World War One, World War Two, and then did oh, you go well, into both? In World War One, we built. Uh, in World War One, we built machine shops, uh, a trailer with uh, machine shops in them, so that they could tow it behind a vehicle and then fix anything that broke. That it was a complete machine shop, a running self-sufficient machine shop, and that was in World War One. World War Two. Uh, they built ambulances for the museum and for the Marines, and we built these army trucks or field trucks. They were a, a big uh, six-wheel uh, truck that had a big uh, box on the back, and it was like the new motorhomes have um, uh, slide-outs. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. Well, yeah. we built those, but and that's what we built. We but they were manual. You crank them at the back of the truck, and it would both sides of the vehicle would move out four feet, and then you'd have a field office. Wow. And okay. we built hundreds and hundreds of those. That was that was our main livelihood all through uh, the manufacturers. Of while we were building other vehicles, uh, that was a steady production of building those uh, expansible vans. Now, were those put on the, on the chassis like a Dodge Power Wagon, or uh, no, no, bigger than that, six wheeled, six. Uh, you know, uh, double duels on the back and a, a front wheel drive, like a deuce a big, and a half, a big, big truck, yeah. Yeah. So who, uh, the manufacturer of the... They the did. You, AM General. Oh, AM right. General. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, they're big six by six, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. And <laughs> let's... David hasn't asked his question yet. Have there oh, been okay. any weddings in the museum? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, we just... We had one about uh, nine months ago. We had a... Um, we had a wedding. Uh, one of our... Uh, volunteers that uh, helps us with Duryea Day. He had his wedding. He got married and he had his wedding in our museum. We just had a bridal shower last Saturday in one of our meeting rooms. Um, and so we do have all types of meetings and events in the museum. Bob, one of, one of our things here and, and has always been since the outset of the show is that we feel like um, we're, we're trying to get kids off the couch, and, and the vehicle, uh, the automobile, uh, what you've told us about the carriages, all of this is, is part of our history and, and the importance of it in the United States in building the country. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of your carriages at the time wound up in California even, or wound up no telling where, but... We, we we push for the grandparents to take their grandkids to a museum like yours. Have you? Uh, do you have a good audience of, of young people coming in, and and do you have any good stories of or overhearing a grandfather or grandmother saying, "Well, we used to have one of those," or "I remember my parents having one of those." Yeah, that's a that's a typical comment that say, "Oh, this is what we drove," or you know, this and and they also that. They walk by the butcher truck and the mail truck and the, you know and the milk truck, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, we used to have a butcher come to the house." You know, the the housewife never went to the store. The the butcher truck, the bread truck, the milkman, they all came to the yeah. house. You didn't mention the ice truck. Well, you know, we don't have uh, an ice truck. 
Uh, and that's another thing that we should have. And, and there is a museum uh, in Westchester that is a ice museum, and it has ice trucks, or ice uh, wagons, and ice. Uh, we uh, we need to borrow an ice truck from them. <laughs> yeah. What what is your favorite? We we always ask uh, the person we're interviewing, uh, and and sometimes they can't. They can't identify a favorite. They say, I like them all. But do you have a favorite uh, vehicle? Um, well, uh, that's sort of a tough question, I guess. Uh, I think there's two, maybe two vehicles that stand out. And, and I, I sort of like uh, uh, unusual stuff or something that, you know, uh, other than just a Chevy or a Ford. Um, uh, I, I like the Dragon. The Dragon car is a, is a great car. It's beautifully restored. It's, it's, it's really, and it's only one of it. You take a Dragon... We took it to the Radnor Hunt Concourse show, and and we won the uh, the Junior Judges Award, which in reality is the most prestigious award because they they pick from their heart rather than uh, you know being persuaded which car they should vote for. But um, also the SGV, the SGV that we just got lately uh, with that push button um, trans, you know, uh, that's just, you know, that 1913 and you got a push-button electric transmission, that's just really wild. Wow. Uh, I yeah. think it would have to go between those two. <laughs> okay. Have you seen the cover of Antique Automobile for March, April? They, they have a Pullman on the cover, a 1914. Oh, yeah, that's, that's Don Barlips. Yeah, he's yes. the new president of AAC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. AAC, remember, uh, okay. I'm president of the Pottstown region, AAC uh, Great. region, yeah. All right, yeah, Steve was on the board of directors. Well, you probably know Steve from that. Oh, yeah, I know Steve, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, yeah. I'm, on the, I'm on the AACA museum board also, uh, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Well, yeah, I, I was president when that opened of the museum, when it opened in 03, that's... Uh, we just celebrated our ten a uh, couple years ago, ten yes. years old at the AACA Museum already. Yeah, there's a nice group of museums there in Pennsylvania. They could go visit AACA and visit yours, and they could go down and see Dr. Simeon's museum. And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we have a we have a rack card which has uh, AACA Museum, uh, Dr. Simeon's uh, America on Wheels in Allentown, and the Boyertown Museum. Uh, and and it, it, it's, uh, it's a rack card that has a dollar off on for each one of those. Wow. Museums, yeah. Okay. Uh, we're Bob, all within an hour of each other. Wow. We're, we're going to have to wrap it up. We're running out of time, but have you got one uh, last point you want to get across? Yes, come see us. Come see us. <laughs> we will. <laughs> I'll give you a personal tour. I'll even run the machine shop for you. Oh, wow. Thank you very right. much for this. Hey, thank you. Yeah. This has been great, and, uh, Bob, we, we will be encouraging folks to uh, come up to your museum and to all classic car museums. And uh, we do encourage parents uh, to take their kids and grandparents to take their grandchildren and explain what it's all about. Again, Bob uh, from Bob Dare from Boyertown Museum of Historic Vehicles, thank you very much for being on with us today. And uh, we'll do this again in the near future. All right. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. You're Bye. listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.